What's up, guys, and welcome back to the That's So Dev podcast. I'm really excited today. We have Mariah with us again. What's up, Mariah? Girl, why are you sounding so perky? <laughs> uh, I can't, but nah, y'all. If this is your first time listening today, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for tuning in. We have some tea today, for real, for real. For real, for real. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that tea, make sure you go ahead and follow us on social media at mainly Mariah underscore on Twitter and Instagram. That's so dev. Also on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> Love that for you and us. It's it's still me. Sorry for a little bit. Like we have the actual at names of our brand names. Do you know how we rare do. that is? <laughs> on all platforms too. I know on both platforms. Like that really doesn't happen. Everyone's already taken something. Like you know how many times I wish I could get so dev, but literally those like they're blank profiles. So I get, I'm like really nobody is actively using this. You could let this go. You know what I'm saying? But not y'all. We're, we're going off course right now because, you know, we're going to get into some real tea of, you know, our time, our experiences. This is going to be the Lexington podcast. And for those of you who don't know, you know, me and Mariah have lived many lives. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> many. And, you know, Lexington was a vital part of the many lives that we had lived, you know, and we've talked about Campbellsville if you've listened to our previous podcast we've touched on that with Madison and this is the kind of you know the after um this is where things started to get real this is where we really started to form as humans into who we were going to be now like it was the start of it all really to be honest and we're really just going to deeply touch base on that are you ready (laughs) I don't know, but here we go. <laughs> I don't know, but here we go. Here we go. Because you gotta let it go, right? <laughs> you gotta this let it go. It's gonna be a healing thing for us. It we really is. We were talking is. on FaceTime just a few minutes ago, and mm-hmm. you know, it's gonna be, this is gonna be the 45 minutes to an hour segment where we are just processing things and we are letting that be like like he said like Devin said earlier we think about it all the time like that we touch on things it comes up in conversation all the time and it's really time to let it be we gonna sit with it tonight and it is what it is from here on out I'm and when we say we think about it all the time we don't think about it on days end but no. you know you are human and things that have impacted your life do come up and this is going to be us processing that you know processing really helps you put things behind you it helps you leave the past in the past and that's not to say we have not left the past in the past but again things that are really impactful in your life and cause you trauma as well they're gonna come up you know Mm -hmm. so Gosh, we even start. That's the question. Uh, it, Lexington was 
I <laughs> Lexington was the best and most worst time of my life. <laughs> oh, dead <laughs> it, <laughs> Completely, completely. But is it? Well, I'm I'm even thinking about it now because you said dead ass, and then I thought about your into, and I was like, yep. <laughs> it, yes. Like it, it was it was just crazy. Because, you know, we had left okay. Campbellsville and, you know, I had moved on campus, had no idea how I was going to make friends or blah, 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 whatever. You know, my roommate at the time was going to join a fraternity. He suggested I do the same. I was like, OK. And then I was like, nah, I'm not going to do it. And then actually the day before I decided to just go randomly do it. And so, you know, I ended up randomly doing that and I got into a fraternity, which I met a lot of my good friends in that fraternity. So I'm actually very, very thankful for that. But, you know, when the good also comes to Rocky and it, you know, it a lot of what came to follow in Lexington was in a way, when you think about it, Mariah, it's like it's, it's, a part of your past came with you into the future and like it caused did. spillage. You know what I mean? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, we couldn't necessarily leave that. It's not even baggage, but we couldn't really leave all of that in the past because it was coming either way. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I have either a way, reminder it was of Lexington that lives with me, y'all. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy to me because, you know, Lexington was the place where. Like, like I said earlier, it really shaped me into the person that I am now. I learned a lot of hard lessons, hard life lessons, you know, um, about <laughs> people, especially about people, especially because, you know, I you know, keep in mind, um, <laughs> Mariah, we were, I, I, this is hard. This is actually I hard think, to yeah. talk about. Okay. So if we're struggling, <laughs> please give us some grace. Okay. Because <laughs> a lot of this is also trauma. So you got to also think, you know, when you think about traumatic situations, sometimes your mind make it fogged because it doesn't want to remember, right? It's actively working against you. Mental health. Love that. Go stream our past pop. But, you know, I, like I said, I learned a lot about people. And, you know, like I said, the things that had came with me in my past that I could not leave behind were friends at the time. And, you know, these were friends that were negative. They were very toxic. They were very abusive emotionally and also mentally. And, you know, it's kind of similar in a way to even being in an abusive relationship because friendships, like even when you have friendships break up, those things hurt probably sometimes worse than relationships. So like, I think people like, you know, the the tight-knit friendship relationship, like that is very underrated. Like how close you are, that is very underrated. So it, you know, it was kind of like that. It was kind of like being in an abusive relationship in a way. And you know, I really didn't know my worth at the time. I really thought that these were how friends were supposed to treat me and I just stayed you know and there were times even where people you know even within my fraternity maybe like one or two specifically that were like eh, not a good idea because I had decided to go ahead and move you remember I decided mm -hmm. to move into the house with them after the dorms was all said and done and I went ahead and did it <laughs> 
you know, after all the BS, I got the apologies, the calls, the texts. And I was like, ah, yeah, I've never seen you this way. So it makes sense to go ahead and just, you know, you probably won't do it again. I know you by now. That, that That's what was going on in my head. It felt like it was a different person because I haven't seen them in that way. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I didn't quite realize that this person, this person really has no identity without me here. I realized at that point that I was really just kind of, I was the guidance in a way. I kept this person balanced because looking back on the situation the person at the time was out of control I told you how abusive they were just a few moments ago and when I moved in I really got to see it because I mean you know living in a dorm you're very limited on what you really have to take care of together like especially paying for things and whatnot so it came to a point to where you know we had a whole situation where everybody pays their rent individually right Mm -hmm. so i handle mine you handle yours i had a roommate at the time who got extremely frustrated for no reason i said i have my rent I will pay this on time. No worries. He proceeds to tell my other roommate, which is, you know, he's gone at basic, that I didn't have the money. Because rent was due the next day. I had the money. I was paying the rent the next day. But before I could get there to go pay the rent, guess who was in my text messages being abusive? and threatening my life without asking so much as a question as to what was going on oh wait they did (laughs) they did they sent two messages five minutes apart I was out celebrating a friend's birthday minding my own business and then I see that so my initial reaction you know from being with these toxic people originally it probably would have been to snap back to be spiteful to be rude but like I said moving with Lexington it really shaped me into who I am now and at that time it really really clicked it was kind of like wow these people don't respect me as a person I mean I told you something it was a fact you decided not to believe it and then try to change the narrative with somebody else, which caused something even bigger. More stress on that person who has no idea that it's actually fine. And then you also cause that person to cause even more harm to another person. So you just created all this mess. And I realized that is what happened every time. That is what these people were seeing that were telling me to not move in with them. Other people were seeing the pattern that you couldn't see. Yeah, I was way too close to the situation. 
I was way too close to the situation. And I, I instantly people have oh I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine. No, go ahead and say what you're saying. I think people have to understand too that, you know, this transition from Campbellsville to Lexington, Campbellsville is a private Christian college. Okay. And that was not the layout of what was going on, okay? So with how small and condensed this place was, you know, Madison and I were close to our support systems. Devin was not. So it was it was one of those things where you're a young adult trying to figure it out on your own and you're trying to deal with school. You have other requirements, you have a job, you have other things you're trying to handle. And I feel like other parties may have had a closer and more reliable support system and knew that if things went south, I have backup. Devin didn't have that backup. That's something that people fail to understand. And the transition from Campbellsville to Lexington, Lexington, Kentucky is very large. This was University of Kentucky. I did not go there, but I was there every single weekend for five months with Devin, um, just living our lives and having a great time in the midst of all the chaos. And it was really difficult to see you know, Devin go through these phases of from being, you know, the life of the party to suddenly, you know, we're having these really difficult conversations that we're not used to having. And, you know, at this point, I was a mother, you know, Lexington gave me Mm -hmm. my first daughter. And, you know, one of the parties involved with the daughter are, you know, someone that I still have to talk to today because we have a child together. And it carries a lot of trauma for, you know, me and Devin both. Um, Now, you know, I'm able to have strict boundaries up and I'm able to move through this in a healthy way, whereas before it wasn't very healthy. So now I've been able to get that closure and not really closure, but I we know the situation and it is what it is. And that's kind of how the situation is handled now because we're parents and that's just what it is. Back then, and even a couple years following, that that structure was not there because there was always a safety (laughs) net okay so I don't know what the third party is doing or anything like that I haven't spoken to that person in literal years and don't really have a desire to I don't wish ill will on anybody but I know ever ever again this is just a closure session for me and Devin if the shoe fits please wear it yeah let me size too small then move on and look there are going to be some people who are going to maybe feel some type of way I don't really know but to be quite honest I don't really care and not for that to sound harsh because there's no grudges there's no hate it's all love actually you know, if we don't talk, we don't talk. That's really just that. You know, it's not that deep, but I have an experience. Mariah has an experience that we have a right to speak on. And, you know, even in a way, like just to like touch a little bit on what you were saying, how people had that backup support system. It wasn't necessarily that I even didn't because you have to think about it as well. My mom had just moved far out west. You know what I'm saying? All my family's That's what up I mean. east. Yeah, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm just clarifying because they were very far everybody for the most part lived you know kentucky indiana ohio like you know and also a lot of people as well they had the financial means even if they didn't what i was going yeah their Mm -hmm. parents did and at the end of the day you know it wasn't necessarily a situation of 
if I don't have, if I don't find a place to stay, I'm going to end up being homeless. Like sometimes that you have to worry about over the summer with college and things like that, you know? So it was, it, it was a completely different scenario because Campbellsville was very like very safe. You know what I'm saying? Like it was very protected. You were like in a bubble. So it wasn't real life. And when you got to Lexington, it was like real, real life. Real, and real life. yeah, but you know, to continue on to what you were saying and you know continue on to what i was saying before that because obviously this whole thing ties in to one another um you know those people they really displayed some negative energy that eventually at some point became us and we had to work really hard to undo those layers because you know even when we had let them go we still carried some of those behaviors and it took us years to get back to a very healthy friendship and as i was saying you know after whole situation where you know there there wasn't respect and there wasn't trust as far as you know me paying the rent and one of the roommates just coming out attacking me threatening my person you know my life actually um however it was meant that was said and you know the other one stirring up the chaos like that is simply you know stirring up the chaos and manipulation that is just what they displayed within their friendship and it was crazy because the moment the, the greatest thing about a manipulator is how they can entirely look so different to another crowd as opposed to how you view them because you've experienced all these things with them so it, and that's 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 what happened and i'm also kind of referring to you know like i told you i met a lot of my good friends and my fraternity and there was also some rocky so what happened was after i had moved out it, it was very ironic to me that these two people became really good friends with a lot of people within my fraternity. And that's when things really, really got messy for me because I was like, oh, wow. Because, you know, while that was going on, I also had my friends who were in the fraternity who were actually like there and, you know, asking about the situation cared at the time and whatnot you know like confided into and those same people ended up becoming friends with them good friends and i was like wow like i don't i rarely believe this child really do but you know how do i know how do i know that's also just my mind i don't know what the actual story is all i know is is that people that you know, abused me, became friends with the people that I thought I could be around comfortably, but I could no longer do that. So I ended up having to withdraw myself from the situation because people, they wanted me to come around. They wanted me to do all this, despite knowing that these people were abusers from my experience. They know this, but they're still asking me to come around. They're, you know, they have this person around and blah, 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 blah. And at this point, it's like, there's no reason for me to want to come around for the sake of you wanting me to come around. I'm actually now focusing on myself, on my mental health. And it, it, I was able to really begin to heal in a way, you know, when I really took that step back from everybody after that. 
because bitch they were everywhere let me tell you i could i went to the bars they were there i went to a house they were there i was about to go chill with a couple people they were there i was like oh what i was like i'm out and it even got to the point where you know i was seeing them on people and ciao when i tell you i would like you have to think about it when you see user ptsd that's trauma nobody wants to see that so obviously in my nature i'm just going to remove the problem i don't have to really remove the person from out of my life but i can just remove the problem so seeing their snapchats is an issue i'm just going to take them off of snapchat and a lot of people they wanted to paint me up tonight. Oh, he removed me off Snapchat and blah, 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 and all that stuff. And it's like, it's really not like that. I don't want to see my abuser on Snapchat. Do you want me to tell you, can you not post them? Can you not be friends with them? Why would I do that? You should have made the right call whenever you were somebody that I thought I could confide in. And then you want to turn around and be this type of way with the people that you know hurt me. Mm-hmm. I mean, you 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 lost your it, you lost a lot of your not speaking for you here, but I feel like you lost a lot of your comfort area. Like, you know, you had your fraternity, you had this the, your friend group, and then once everything kind of, you know shit kind of hit the fan, you know, it wasn't like you could cut it clean and move on and be fresh, start fresh. In those yeah. same area. No. Yeah. No, Instead, how could you? It was just present at mm-hmm. all times. At all, people could not understand why I wouldn't go to places. I'm like, you don't get it. Like, I'm no, literally, you don't get it. <laughs> just because it didn't happen to you doesn't mean it didn't happen to me. It does not mean I'm overreacting. It does not be. It does not mean I'm being overly emotional. You know, I put myself first. I put my mental health first. And I'm very grateful that I did that because, again, that was really the time that shaped me into who I am now, you know? And it's a it's a tolerance thing, too. You know, in any type of relationship, whether it be with a friend or whether it be, you know, with a significant other, there's certain levels of tolerance before you just can't handle that anymore. And mm-hmm. I feel like with individual people, too, an, an abusive person or a toxic person knows that line that they can't cross with certain yep. people. And yep. I feel like just because of the closeness, it was a gateway to expose that kind of behavior. And I feel like that's why the facade was so good for a, a while because they weren't in situations with those people that were real, like the situations that you oh my God. real life situations. Yes. Yes. It was having a good time. It was, hey, let's go blow off some steam. It, it, it wasn't real yeah. life problems. It was giving surface level friendship. It was giving yes. surface level friendship. And I say that all the time because, and it also comes, and this is just a general example, not specific, but like, 
in a lot of cases even with straight men they really reserve their feelings and they really hold it in until they really find a girl and then when they do find a girl they can find in that girl and sometimes it may be balanced and a lot of the times it may be you know over tipping the pot <laughs> so like just a, just a, i'm sorry no, you're your significant other and your friends are not your therapist go get one you go get one if you are acting some type of way out of pocket as an individual you cannot rely on another individual to ground you you have to oh. be grounded on your own and let me say something because i've ran into a lot of situations because you know when i first went to when i first was in lexington i didn't get into therapy until maybe like almost a full year after i got there so it was like you know i didn't really know how to handle the things that i was going through so the friends that i had i was you know just venting to and a lot of them felt like that they had to give direction and tell you what to do and you know it's it's you know how the friendship is with us like if something just happened to us or if we're really dealing with a lot of whatever we'll send a text message that's six six pages long six chapters long like you know what i'm saying like, it'll be a multimedia is, message exactly at that point and we don't really care you know you just get it out and we also understand that you just want to be heard but they didn't really necessarily understand that so you know it, they wanted also as well me to talk to a lot of them in person but let's think about that right how difficult is it for one to for you to even talk to a therapist somebody you don't know and imagine talking to somebody you do know with social anxiety as well especially somebody that you don't feel entirely too comfortable with you know what i'm saying you're, so, you're kind of iffy with what information you can yeah. give especially when the people you are trying to reach out to are connected in some type of way how do you know they're going to get it because i've even ran into situations where somebody literally said how are you depressed you're always smiling and at that point i was like wow wow that was the point where i was like okay now we wrap this up i completely understand like you you know i completely understand that these people now they don't understand how to deal with that that is when that clicked for me i was like ah a lot of them haven't been through this they don't know how to deal with that you know what i'm saying well how I'm, i mean yeah like and, and something that y'all have to understand as well is that back then if i got to a like a, an event early and devin was not with me it wasn't a oh hey mariah we're glad to see it, it was a hey where's devin like before the chaos really hit where oh my was, god <laughs> you know cut ties Devin was the life of the party like it was not a good time unless he was there and so for a lot of these folks to you know get told these kind of things it's like how could that be you because of just the energy in, in that he gave off at the time and he does now after years of work but you know the the traits that we had to take years to get rid of like like Devin said really impacted our friendship like you know not trying to put all our business out there or anything but there's been six months at a time that me and Devin haven't spoken and sometimes it was because of things that happened in Lexington because it was stuff that I have to still presently deal with that he was uncomfortable to get, like having to be exposed to all the time and that wasn't fair and 
we worked through it and we know where we lie with everything now so it's better but I honestly feel like if we wouldn't have went all of our separate ways that it it would have been so much worse for I agree. everybody involved yeah it was such a difficult time and you know and it wasn't all bad it wasn't all bad yeah we're, absolutely we're on the breakdown mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. you know there were great times like i can't tell you how many nights we spent at canes at two in the morning walking a mile back to the dorm room oh having an gosh. excellent evening getting all dressed up pre-gaming but wait know, getting dressed up outfits, yeah like, getting ugh. dressed up was the best part and i did pick out your outfits i absolutely did mm-hmm. love that <laughs> you know how many times this motherfucker looked at me and said i know you are not wearing that <laughs> girl you're not coming out the boat with me looking any kind of way absolutely not but no we had a lot of good times and even like i said you know i let a lot of my good friends there shout out to craig and kayla absolutely like it it was just it was crazy to me because a lot of the friends that i got from lexington i had no idea that they were going to be my friends like i met craig a year before we became friends was it a year or maybe probably a little over a year before we actually became friends so it was like crazy to me but there's a lot we went of- out with them one time when i was down after aspen was born wait did we yeah at the house oh was that at nigel's I do believe so. Oh, I wasn't. Madison yeah. was there too. Oh, Madison was there too. I remember that. I absolutely remember a that. Picture. Oh, absolutely. I remember what you were talking about. Where, anyway. <laughs> but, but you know, there was a lot of good things that came out of Lexington. There were a lot of things. There were a lot of. <coughs> I, I want you to keep in mind, right? That was a loud cough, child. <laughs> Not wrong. Up a respiratory infection kicking my ass. I am vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Whatever. <laughs> but no, <laughs> y'all. Like we again, a lot of this podcast is going to probably be on the heavier side more so than the lighter side. You know, I'm sure we'll do another podcast at some point about the brighter side of it. But, you know, we have some things that we have to process. You know, this is really a podcast for us to just let go. And mm-hmm. Lexington is a very vital part of our lives that we need to just absolutely let go. And mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm very grateful for for first of all, I'm very grateful for my fraternity, first and foremost. Because I have lifelong friends that I speak to every day. <laughs> and, and I mean, not even just people from within the fraternity, but outside, you know, all the girls that I met in sororities. Oh, <laughs> what's up Renee what's up Sarah what's up Reba like all my girls it I'm I'm absolutely obsessed with them and it makes me smile you know because that is the quality of friends that I have gotten from you know Lexington and I just love it you see guys there's there's a there's some positive to it there is a lot but you know let's get negative again no I'm kidding but lol lol but you know Lexington was a very trying time for me and I'm very grateful that I really withdrew you know I didn't owe anybody an explanation there's plenty of times where I just walked by people and I really didn't even say anything and you also have to remember as a person with social anxiety who 
at some points didn't know it was social anxiety that was very mm-hmm. difficult I didn't want to be seen by anybody I didn't want to speak to anybody I just wanted to be and heal I wanted no reminders of anything it's not personal at all if I see you and I like you cool <laughs> but very few people had access to me and mm-hmm. that was the best part I was able to really round myself out you know I was able to focus on psychiatry consistently therapy all the therapy that I was doing I was doing multiple therapies and it I I'm smiling about that because that was actually really something positive you know even though something negative led to it I mean you don't have good without bad you know what I'm saying so I mean I feel like if you wouldn't have experienced what you would have like what you did you wouldn't have the you wouldn't be where you are right now you either you wouldn't have experienced that true but i mean as far as like your mental health goes like if you wouldn't have had that crash and burn moment (laughs) boy shut up i'm talking about you right now if that crash and burn moment wouldn't have been there like it's hard to think about where it would be like y'all y'all okay not to get out like i'm still on topic but like first semester going into lexington um I, I was supposed to go to the military. I was supposed to go to the military. I was supposed to go to the military. So I was down there all the time. Like, I even remember going to, like, an actual, like, being down there during the weekdays and the days that I was off work. I'd be down there in Devin's classes. Literally. <laughs> and people thought that I went there. And uh, I remember going to, like, parties and events with Devin. And no nobody would, like, talk to me or flirt with me or anything. And I was like, damn, am I, like, am I unapproachable? And I quickly found out a couple of months into everything that people thought me and Devin were so close at the time and still are now but like we were so close people thought that we were a couple people literally thought that we were a couple and that in itself actually exposed a lot of who people really were that was that was so funny that was yeah that was so funny it was crazy because a would still like kind of get at you but also think we were together like actively know that and i would be like hmm. so you're telling me if i was straight and we actually were dating you would still be doing that on the side oh mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so funny I to have, it wasn't we that figured deep out really but, quick yeah. yeah we figured out really quick who the snakes were and who the snakes were bob and weave bob and weave bob and weave absolutely serpentine Serpentine. But again, y'all, with with the bad comes the good as well. You know, we found out who the real people are. I found out uh, Giuseppe, like specifically, the very first person who I shook hands with, and I instantly knew. I was like, "Yep, this dude's real." Like instantly, I knew that. But like something that I want to briefly touch on, which it is a little bit heavy, and. You know, this person was a very, very important part of the fraternity. I just want to mention Brandon really quick. And that's a little heavy really quick because, you know, honestly, Brandon is one of the best people that I have ever known. And uh, it, it just a, a quick little tribute to him. I, <laughs> something he said to me, he, he called me the Snapchat guru because, like, 
I always knew like every little like new thing that came on Snapchat, like all little things people didn't know how to use, whatnot, you know, like the links to swipe up and all that. I like, like that. <laughs> yeah. He was like, you know how to do all this, blah, 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 blah. And so like I really paid attention to that and I began to up, you know, my Snapchat game and all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I always remember that he says that every time that I'm like Oh, wow I'm really promoting this really well like it, he really sent that confidence over and you know that's just the kind of person that he was you know he spread love mm-hmm. positivity and you know even when he met you it was yep. great absolutely he was, a, he was, a, he was an amazing guy uh-huh wow I, I don't I, think there was ever a negative experience with him never if there was slightly anything that looked wrong with me, he was asking me what was up. He cared. He genuinely he wanted to know if I ever needed anything. He was there. So just want to, you know, give a little tribute to him. You know, I, I'm always going to love that dude. I miss that dude. Every day. I actually think about him every single day. I do. But you know, that's another positive thing. Was meeting him. Absolutely, Amber. my friend. I remember specifically after I distanced myself from everybody, I actually ran into him on the street and we just talked. And I remember that conversation. That was actually the last conversation that we had. And I just remember we had such an effortless conversation. And it was just like, that is just the epitome of, you, you know, the energy that I felt towards him as well. Like everything just felt comfortable, you know? Mm-hmm. Damn. But Crazy. Be huh? heavy, dude. I know. But, you know, I wanted to throw that, you know, tribute in there because I got mad love for the man. Lexington was just a place, uh, like I said, it was the best and worst time of my life and this is as far as Kentucky and just Lexington like I think that Kentucky is trash <laughs> just to be honest I think Kentucky is trash I also think Lexington is trash because while I've met a lot of good people I've met a lot more bad people <laughs> in Lexington you know and, and that's also coming from a black man living in Kentucky Mm-hmm. you know and, and that was a good thing and you know especially because there was Brandon as well and then there was Nigel and then there was Dale I might be forgetting hopefully I didn't forget if I did I'm probably going to remember after the podcast was over but you know there was um, there was a group of black people who were very supportive of each other and it was nice to have that support because I was a black guy in a white fraternity. A lot of... Yeah, I was a black guy in a white fraternity. And I was told not to do it by family members. You know, because of all the things that went on about fraternities. But I also knew at the same time that this fraternity was not like those other fraternities that were crazy. And especially getting people killed and whatnot. Like, I knew that instantly from the moment I went there. And I used my better judgment. And again, I'm very grateful for the fraternity. But as a black man in an all-white fraternity there's a lot of ignorance 
and I've had some situations, you know, not with the majority. Actually, no, not with the majority. I'm going to say probably half with ignorance and a smaller portion with racism, blatantly. Um, but the ignorance is just to being very blindly be, be, being blind of the black experience you know not being considerate of the black experience it really showed me that people care about who they want to you know what I'm saying and it, it was a big eye opener for me that showed me that you know people like us you know who have our hearts like we can't expect everybody to have the hearts that we have but also it's like even just speaking on the black experience as far as you know being considerate that's not really something that applies you know we are adults if we are raised in a certain environment or a situation it's our responsibility to do better and peel back those layers and mm-hmm. something that I really noticed was on top of there being, you know, that situation, there's also people now who are now making excuses for these people saying, oh, that is where this person is raised, you know, like, oh, that's just how they are. So you're just, you're going to say that's just how they are instead of checking your friend and helping do better. It's so crazy to me because I've had people blatantly say nigger. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Blatantly say nigger in front of me twice and then in a group chat twice. Knowing that you were going to see it. Knowing that there are black people that are going to see it and knowing that I'm right in front of you the first time, the first time this person said it, I was in the car with them. I was on their lap because we were lapped up in the car leaving a party. And I was like, wow. I never forgot that. But I was also like, he's drunk. But then I also was like, wait a minute. Drunk words are sober thoughts. If you're saying this while drunk, I can't imagine how much you say when you're sober. And then when it really clicked for me is I heard him say it again. Except this time I was in the room talking with a friend and he didn't know I was in the room. So he was banging on his roommate's door telling him to come out and call them a nigger and I was like are you kidding me I opened the door I gave him the look I gave him the look I gave him and he was like oh I didn't know you were in there and I was like yeah I know and I closed the door back and then that's when the roommate said oh that's just how he was raised this is where he's from And then that was the full moment that clicked for me. I was like, wow, there's racism and there are enablers. So to make people aware, to actively get this out and get these people to do better, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to do this. I'm now needing to separate myself even more so. And the person who had said nigger, he, you know, said he wanted to, he was like I want, he apologized and then wanted to go out to lunch to talk about it or whatever because you know at this point you said it so how you handle it is how you're going to handle it I'm not going to beg you to say sorry or do whatever 
lunch never happened never mentioned it again acted like nothing happened I was like wow wow yeah and somebody asked me they were like is this why you don't come around anymore to specifically this place and I was like I mean yeah (laughs) like like did you that I was just gonna be oh okay especially after hearing it twice and then hearing somebody enable it and not do anything about it then I see somebody say it inside of a group chat and then nobody checks this person in the group chat except the black people and we took it up with the person not in the chat separately now you could have imagined we'd have probably been overreacting or you know angry and aggressive if we had addressed it inside that chat the experience of a black man that these people do not understand and even when you you know put people in certain situations you know you are going to a black man at risk because if anything happens with the police period that is grounds for them to kill a black man so it was crazy to me to see the lack of consideration of the black experience despite despite addressing it on multiple occasions and again these people are going to know who they are i do not feel any kind of way about saying it about it this is my experience that i absolutely have a right to speak on it it is my duty to speak on these situations because you know how many people go through these situations you know how many black people go through these situations and i'm sorry i'm speaking too much this is a collaboration series but you know this is really important because no, i'm no you need to I know. get I know. this is not something that i can speak on homie i, I am know so good as it trust me i know i'm just like you know it's gonna be a second girl <laughs> no but it it, it's it, it's blowing my mind to think about it because there were so many people that I had called friends. So let's think about it. <clears throat> After this went down with the racism, right? What follows is my roommates, my ex-roommates, you know, that I had just immediately moved out of the house because they were abusive, are now friends with these people. So not only that, I got racism and y'all are bringing this person around, both of them. So you can imagine how my experience within my fraternity, it really made me find my true friends within them. Mm-hmm. It really did. It, it absolutely did. And again, like you said, even earlier, if I did not have go, if I didn't go through all of that, I probably wouldn't be as outspoken as I am now, because, you know, back then I wasn't as vocal about it as I am now in those experiences have made me become vocal because I don't want other people to go through situations like that. And I also don't even want the people who have, you know, displayed this racist behavior to continue to do that. Because I also know these people are capable of being really good people. And they're not terrible people, but what you're doing, what you're saying is terrible. And it is making you a terrible person. Racism is not cute. And you can't sit there and make excuses about it. 
And what's crazy is people are going to say you are overreacting. And I know, I know, I know for a fact people were saying I was overreacting about certain situations. And then now here it is where, you know, Black Lives Matter is where you know, we're going hard in the streets. You know, we are uh, protesting not only in the streets, but, you know, online because you can also do that. And y'all, I saw so many people and, and it's not that you can't change it's not that you can't change and become better but it's just like i'm not really believing this because with certain people it's very performative i saw a lot of performative action mm-hmm. i saw a lot of black boxes for people who when had the chance to do better didn't and when they consistently have the chance to do better by also using their platform that they do have they don't so i know this is performative action and to see that it's just it's a that's why you know even these situations continue to come up because i will see that and i'll be like wow like (laughs) you there's some joke here there must be some joke here at the same time and then on the flip side of it there's people who didn't even bother to acknowledge black lives matter at all at all because you know obviously there were a lot of trump supporters a lot so to see them actively defend trump and the things that he had done but would not defend black lives matter especially when you have black friends that you supposedly care about it blows my mind for one because how can you sit there and say oh the racism especially with trump that has happened doesn't matter because everything else that he has done is good racism should have been the first place that you stopped and looked away and the fact that it wasn't tells me exactly the person that you are and that is the reason why i needed to withdraw myself as a black man you did not have my best interest at heart and it is personal i have no hard feelings i have no grudges again we're processing but there is absolutely no way and i promise you I promise you, there is no double backing. There is no double backing. So even going forward, you know, even after people believe that all of this have just blown over or whatever, if I was reached out to, it's not happening. Met with kindness, move to the side because I'm a person that is going to meet with kindness and move it on along because that's what it has to be because it has been displayed to me who you are and I believe that (laughs) I believe that I'm sure you relate to people showing you who they are and not believing it at first right yeah Hmm. crazy a lot right a lot a lot. You know, I don't even think I knew that story. That's why I was just listening because really? I don't think that you've ever told me that. Yeah, absolutely. It, there's been a lot of situations with racism just in general. You know, I had a friend at the time, you know, she was also, you could tell that she was on the Trump end of the aspect. And, you know, we were out at the bar or whatever. And this white girl asked me, she's sitting next to a black dude. She said, are you from Africa? And I was like, no. Yes. She asked me if I was from Africa. And I was like, 
okay because i didn't want to be the crazy ass black man i walked my ass out of that bar and i kept walking and so my friend at the time she followed me out with another one of her friends i was with you know another black man I was with nigel at the time and <laughs> you know nigel understands the situation he's a black man you know but as we're walking my friend at the time she underplays what just happened basically in other words i'm overreacting and it wasn't that serious that a white woman just came up to a black man randomly and asked if he was from africa and i shit you not i went off in public i went off i went off because that was the last straw I'm not going to get into that girl. I'm not even going to talk to her, you know, talk about, not talk to her. Uh, I'm not even going to talk about her at all. I'm not going to talk about her at all. But she was just a person that spread negativity in other people's lives and mentally, you know, deteriorated them. You know what I'm saying? She was that kind of person, mentally drained. And that very last straw, and I just snapped. And Nigel just sat there and he watched because he understood. There was nothing to be said. He didn't. He knew. But what she did was she manipulated the situation and called a friend in the midst of me snapping on her and told the friend that I was crazy. I was going crazy and didn't give him any context to the situation at all. And that was the kind of person that she was. And when I went to go tell these people in my fraternity, because, you know, if someone within the fraternity if another bitch got at somebody in the fraternity it's fuck her right blah 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 and all this stuff you know what I'm saying they got your back Mm -hmm. so when I went to go let them know about the situation it was crickets it was crickets somebody said that the reason that I was upset was simply because that she had broken up with a friend you know she was dating my best friend she was my best friend at the time one of them and then also he was they were dating and they thought it was because she had simply broken up with them and i was like wow is this what this person believes is it's crazy because i wasn't even asked it's amazing how you knew supposedly what i was upset about and you didn't ask me and i don't know what that would have happened any other person and it was one of my really good friends that had you know been a really really good friend of mine like we were close all throughout you know pledging and everything and I really understood why he kept his distance I understood why he kept his distance because people really didn't no you're good people didn't you know Like they did, like he didn't connect with them. He didn't vibe with them. They weren't very considerate of who he was as a person, you know. And I really got it at that moment. I was like, "Wow!" Like it. I don't even know what to say about the situation even until this day because it's just how ridiculous it was. It is because I felt like that it was a wholesome brotherhood that's what it felt like to me at first and i had my big say to me at the time he was like oh look some of these people are not your friends like you think they are and it was a really big moment for me that clicked and i was like you are right you are right 
and you know that was the kind of the last big straw of it all in lexington that really just made me snap into again the mindset that i have now obviously i've grown a lot even from that point but that situation right there was like okay you know who your friends are you need to keep a tight-knit circle right now you need to focus on you and you need to keep moving forward without these distractions and that's exactly what i did and you know to just you know wrap up my long speaking y'all i know i'm speaking forever but you want to know what we're getting this tea out we're processing it that's what this podcast is about but and i'm learning as we go i'm having to fill in the blanks you are you are because i don't think i've shared a lot of this with you because a lot of it i've just internalized and you don't just get through situations you work through situations and that's a big thing that i learned when i withdrew myself i couldn't just push it to the side i had to work through it you know what i'm saying absolutely i mean it's on my end when all of this was going on um me and Devin were at the time, you know, long distance friends, you know, I was living about an hour and 20 minutes away from Lexington while he was going through all of this. So, you know, we were having to transition to, um, relying on calls, FaceTimes, texts, Snapchats, things like that to keep the friendship alive. And sometimes it wasn't enough because we were still so stuck in those really toxic ways of the, what we thought the dynamic of the friendship could be that while he was going through this I feel like it was so unhealthy that I wasn't really able to help him get through that in the right way and now we are able to get through things like that but back then if it was something you know the timing was wrong or you know the location's wrong or something goes wrong with the plans it would disrupt the entire evening the whole evening was ruined there was no coming back from that and when I came back to Lexington after having my daughter the whole the whole thing was different because all of this had already happened and then you were back on campus in the bigger dorms when I came down apartments child do not call them dorms (laughs) not no dorms child So to see it from a distance to come to leave in the middle of okay I left as it was coming to a head we were separated whenever it was exploding and then I came back and what and I came down like three or four times before um, I had my second daughter but it was really awesome to see Devin bloom and get his own self back. And I think that's something that, you know, I haven't really told you before, but it it was so hard just as your friend to not be equipped with the skills or equipped with the ability to help you move through things and know that this is something that he has to work through on his own and there's nothing I can do. And it was so refreshing to come back and be in person for the first time after God knows how long and have this fresh aura about him. You know, we were able, he was really pushing me to get into therapy, really pushing me to take care of my mental health. And at the time, I was just kind of passive of it because I was like, there's no way that that's as serious as he says it is. But as time went on, I was like, damn, 
I cannot believe that this person is even able to stand in front of me right now. It was a hard time. It was a very hard time. Um, you know, we went from seeing each other three or four or five days a week to seeing each other once a year. And now I haven't seen Devin in almost two years. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where you watch your friend from the sideline have to experience all these really difficult things. And, you know, for me, in my own experience, I was out having a good time with them. And then all of a sudden, boom, I can't go to the military anymore. I'm pregnant. I'm back at home. And I, I'm still watching him, quote unquote, live his life. And it really wasn't even like that at all. So it's really crazy to look at it from the outside in. The thing about it is like, it's crazy to me too, because when I sit, when I look at it, like I did not question <laughs> what I needed to do. I didn't not know what I needed to do. I did not take the action on, you know, what needed to be done when it came to taking care of my mental health. I put it first. I made it a priority. I stuck to it. I made it a habit. I made it second nature, like the back of my hand. You know, I ended up switching my major so I could become a therapist. You know, I was in school actively learning the ways to take care of myself to help other people and keep balance and boundaries with taking on their stuff. And it was just, it was a very um, eye-opening time. It it was it was so crazy because so much was going on at once in the midst of me trying to focus on myself. And I think I needed that chaos to give me real world like problems to actively work through because you know, you have to do the work. I say it a billion times, you have to do the work outside of therapy. You have to take it out and you have to use it and you know a lot of times it's hard it is and a lot of times you may be so overwhelmed that you don't do it because you may just be you know your anxiety may be automatically at a 10 instead of catching it at a five and you know maintaining and balancing that you're already at a 10 so you feel like you can't cope but i always used every situation to learn and do better I always did that. And what I will definitely say, because I went through a lot of trials and tribulations, that's why I mentioned, you know, Craig and Kayla specifically, because they were a very they were a big vital part in, you know, my recovery time. And I'm so appreciative. Craig took me to get my dog. You know, I, we picked up mm-hmm. my dog and I took it back to their place and our dogs played and my dog grew up with them and their dog, like you know that was a very healing time and i have to thank them because otherwise i probably would have been entirely on my own you know so while we had that distance in that space they were those people that you know i heavily relied on so that you had them me too me very much so and you know hey look they helped me get to where i am right now 110 percent and you know like i said the lexington the good comes with the bad and you know as we're starting to wrap this podcast up i know this was like devin featuring mariah i'm so sorry (laughs) but no you you have to understand that i wasn't there i heard about it and we talked about it but to hear it to hear it in this light really puts it into perspective for me 
for you. Um, I mean, you know, I was there for, you know, a lot of the chaotic times before it really boiled over, but it was, I wasn't as deep in it with the trio as you were because I was a surface friend. I was a surface friend. I wasn't even technically a friend. I was just there. Well, you have you to know think. What I'm saying? I also, it wasn't just a trio of, you know, Craig and Kayla. There were a lot of us that were friends. And, you know, I told you this that person. That wasn't what I was talking about. <laughs> what, what trio? What you were talking Girl, you should have just let me go ahead and talk like I knew what I was talking about. Now, why you had to sit there and do that to me? I can't stand you. Okay. So do two wrongs make a right? Okay. Mm, nope. This ain't NASCAR, but they take a right. No, they take left. Yeah, they, they take, take left. lefts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, but no, like, it, it, look, y'all. Mariah was a very vital part of Lexington. She kicked it off, she maintained in it, and she ended it off. And I originally was like, okay, let me do this podcast by myself. But she was such a big part of it that it didn't feel right to do it without her because she set everything up. You know, all the people that were, that became my good friends and whatnot, like, she was meeting them and getting to know them along with me you know so like whenever she would visit these people would know her and you know and while she may not have been there for a lot of situations like she didn't really have to to get context of it because she knew people she had been here she had experienced it you know say a name and i knew exactly the vibes of the conversation or what exactly exactly but the one thing i will say about lexington there's not a lot of things that i miss but if I can have that gold house hooch one more time, <laughs> <laughs> I would feel so much better. <laughs> oh wow, girl! I, I I'll, I'll give you. You one talk about sentence. that all the time. No way! I'm mm-hmm. gonna give you a sentence. I'm gonna say two words, and you're gonna know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm scared. The hills. Uh, <laughs> not our favorite song. <laughs> Every time that the hills would come on, literally every time that the hills would come on we would run to the basement that was a wrap this wasn't at the go house crap i don't remember the house i don't remember the name of the house but i specifically remember the house because we threw tailgates in the backyard and that was like that was the most iconic time i tell you vice has given us the most iconic times in lexington that we have had let's talk about it <laughs> we will oh have God. to yeah We'll like, have to, it, in, you know, move from this, you know, deep side of it to, you know, give you some of the lighter sides because you can't, we can't tell you the good stuff without giving you the bad because the good stuff would not have happened if the bad hadn't happened first. Because, it was, yeah, absolutely. It was it's a lot so of good. much. It was so much. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just really thankful that, you mean, okay, and not, no tea uh, here at all, but I don't talk to a soul from Lexington because of some of the stuff that happened whenever I found out I was having a baby. And there was a lot of drama behind that because the people that knew me knew, okay, the person, okay, okay. So Mm -hmm. 
I know you know, but they don't know. So Ooh. let me let me just real quick, okay, real quick. So for a long time, it was thought that you know I was just this bitter, evil person, and that I was so manipulative, and I was this and I was that. And some people still think that now. Shout out to you, boo, but I don't care. Um, so you know, I'm not that type of person, and the people Period. who genuinely know me know that I'm not Period. an I'm not a toxic person. I'm not an abusive person. I'm gonna keep it 100% with you, real all the time until you give me a reason to be that type of way because then i'm gonna match your energy because i'm not gonna be treated some type of way that's the only time i will get like that is if you are not hearing me and you are not seeing it for what it is if i have to kind of get down there just a little bit so you can see the whole picture you're gonna click and then i'm gonna dip yep and that's how i feel about it so i actually you know to Mm -hmm. anybody in lexington that gets this podcast um and you hear it if you're blocked um i'm really sorry um about that but it's not personal lexington for me was something where i had this same toxic person people that were also affiliated with devin that was the same light in the situation as they were for me um telling all these horrible things about me and you know i didn't want to constantly have reminders of that so if you're somebody that i used to know or somebody that knows me um, you know, I hope you are doing well. I don't wish you any ill will. However, I had to protect myself. And so instead of sitting with Lexington, I erased it. The only thing I couldn't erase from Lexington was Devin and my daughter. That's the only thing that I carry daily with me from Lexington. And those two things are positive and I'm not gonna unblock you because I know what you've been told about me and I know what you said about me. And I never got an apology. Yep, yep, yep. And, you know, I say it all the time. It's like, you have to be okay with the apology that you're never going to receive. <laughs> and I'm not and I'm not bitter about it. It's just like, dang, after, after me and Devin had the experiences that we had, it's not ironic that the, the few folks that created a lot of this havoc for us don't affiliate with the people that they used to because they did the same thing to those people. And now those people know the way they kind of are. And I hope that if you hear this, you understand why things had to happen the way they did, because we just so happened to catch that shit first. And I'm sorry it also happened to you. Yeah, no, spot on, spot on. That's exactly what this is. There's, again, there's no grudges. There's no hate. It's all love. This isn't talking shit either. Yeah, if we don't talk, we don't talk. I mean, that's just that. Again, once again, for the billionth time, we have a right to speak on our experiences. And if you are a part of that experience then you just are you know it's not bashing anybody that's never the intent the intent is always love the intent is to put our mental health first the intent is to process and we process by talking about it and being honest about our experiences and one thing you know what what's really weird to me is how you can how a person can tell you things about one person and another in another person like you know in this case how you know one person can say something about me you know fabricated stuff and then say fabricated stuff about you and then no one really questions it and nobody ever questioned it you just believed it because of the person it came from because you hadn't seen the side of them that prompted our reactions 
Yep. So you just sat yep. with what you were told instead of finding out why what happened mm-hmm. actually happened. But and you I'm didn't sorry care. you missed out on a bomb ass friend like me because we probably would have still talked to this day. But that is like you didn't care enough to ask. You didn't care enough to ask. We'll see here. I also think that maybe in a couple of people that were also affiliated with the chaos, I think that some of the people that got that information are people who may have been twisted with it. You know what I'm saying? Of the, course. Those, the, those group of people were really good at really being manipulative to make it yes. like you shouldn't yes. question it. Yeah. And that's not your fault. Anything that they fault. said, you believed it. You believed you it. Believe and it. we know because we believe we it. We believe it. We exactly. really believed it. Even when it was right in front of our faces. It, it, it's just, it's, it, it blows my mind. And it's like... <sighs> it's like it's watching just, it happen again. It's like yes, it's happening over and, yes. over and over and over and over and over and over. But this time, they're not going to get on that deeper level with these people to display those behaviors. So this, these people aren't going to see that person you saw. So you're going to look crazy. <laughs> and you look crazy. But how can you? How can you roll through so many people and and, and leave a bad taste in their mouth and still drag other people into that crap? Like that's. That's but they don't. But, but they I don't. Guess... But, but think about it. They don't drag other people into that crap because you have to think about it. The same group of people that we're talking about who showed us one side won't show them the other side. So they're not going to drag people into this. They've already met the situation where people think that they're totally right. So they no longer mm-hmm. care about your end because their mind is made up. And a lot of times, those people were already thinking what they now believe. Mm-hmm. Facts. Yep. Yes. Yep. But it is what it is, you know. And, and <coughs> you know, Lexington was something life changing. We've learned some hard life lessons. Again, it has made us the people that we are right now. And I'm so proud of the people that we are right now. You, the the okay. growth, the growth in us. We're we're healthier. We're working on ourselves. We're putting our mental health first. We're communicating. We are being positive. You know. We're eating like, shit up. Like we said before, <laughs> me and Deb, we wouldn't be as close now, healthily, without it. And, you know, like yeah. I said, the only thing that I carry from Lexington is Devin and one of my daughters. And that's all I plan to keep from Lexington. Um, but, you know, like you said, I think you were going to try to wrap it up. I'm sorry I kept talking. But, you know, with Lexington, this is me bidding you adieu. And... I don't miss you. Oh, absolutely. I am so sorry, Lexington girl. You are trash to me. Kentucky, you are trash. I am so happy I got my Nevada license yesterday. It had it my Kentucky license in the trash cut up, blah blah blah. I want no parts of it. And you know, I'm wrapping this up because you are obviously passionate on these topics. So we're gonna keep going if we don't stop. But you know, <laughs> I'm gonna take some people with me for the rest of my life from Lexington and that is more important to me how I view it and how I view the negative side of it because the positive side is more important and it's worth focusing on so this is a big farewell to Lexington I'm letting this go you have no idea like there's a big smile on my face there is relief I feel good I had therapy yesterday, y'all. I, it, it, the way that my entire mind 
has changed. My environment has changed. Things feel refreshed. Things feel like there is a path forward in Las Vegas. And I'm so glad that I got out of Kentucky because you feel trapped there. You do. And now I feel free. So farewell to Lexington. I finally feel free, y'all. I got out of jail. (laughs) LOL. LOL. But thank y'all so much for tuning in, streaming, and, you know, listening to our experiences. I'm sure you all have a lot of experiences within our podcast that you can relate to. And, you know, I hope it brings you comfort. You know, we were able to really process some trauma. We were able to really process situations that continue to come up in our mind when we come across similar situations and i think this is going to do us some some real good for real like i feel like this is turning a complete new page for us and i'm loving the path forward y'all and i hope you have a positive path forward too you can start by following at five men self-care on twitter please do that We all could use some self-care. We are so overwhelmed with our lives and just going on about our days that we forget to take care of ourselves. Just like this podcast, we're taking care of ourselves. Follow suit. If you need any resources, our DM's open. Make sure you go ahead and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, both at MainlyMariah underscore and at ThatSoDev. Thank y'all so much for tuning into this Lexington podcast. I'm sure at some point in time, don't wait on it, but we will get on the positive side of Lexington because there's also a lot of positive things as well. You know, period. But all right, say goodnight to the people. I'm excited for it. (laughs) Well, thanks for having me. Um, Y'all, this podcast is deep. Um, I'm excited to come back with some new content with Devin again next week. Stay tuned for that. Again, the DMs are open. If you need resources, we hope you found some comfort in this podcast. Everybody's been through a toxic situation, whether it be a friendship or relationship or whatever relationship it is. You're not alone. Find a space to vent. Call your therapist. Call a friend. Call us. We're here for you. Um, Can't wait to be back. And toodles, Lexington. Hi. Don't call me. Diety. LOL. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I do not <laughs> I will not shut the fuck up <laughs> you oh. call me I'll tell you how my day is going <laughs> uh, no but really do oh, not call God. me I actually mean that don't call me Um, but we love you guys thank you so much get a good night's rest and eat some good food we peacing out here y'all peace peace